0: This is a big season, this is, uh, this is kind of the beginning of summer for us. We came through our relationship series, we talked about marriage and being single and moms and dads and, um, and uh, parenting, and, and we are going to start our uh, series called Summer in the Scriptures. Yay! So I don't know if you saw that in the Friday Blast, this may, if you've been around for a while, this is our second summer. I wanted to call it Summer in the Scriptures, comma, two, and Ben thought it was cheesy, wouldn't do it, but it's just Summer in the Scriptures. We spent last summer going through the scriptures. We actually read the entire New Testament together as a church. So we preached in selected passages, but then during the week, you guys read a chunk of that New Testament, and then by the end of the summer, we got all the way through it. How many of you guys participated-ish in that reading plan last time? Well done. How many of you guys read the whole reading plan last summer? Okay, how many of you guys are lying right now? You're just not even telling the truth. You did. You did the whole thing. It was so great. So we're going to do that again, except this time we're going to read selections from the whole Bible. We're not going to read the whole Bible, Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, but we're going to read selections of it. So the idea would be a survey through this story of God. And then we're gonna preach on the sections that we read. So here's what what I have for you. If you're on the far aisles, reach down and there's a stack of papers underneath your chair on the far aisles. If you're the last person on your row and pass them to the center. And here's a paper copy of our reading plan. So I want you to grab one of those even if you uh, have access to it electronically and you may have seen it already on the Friday email blast. Grab one of these, pass those toward the center. Yep, right across the aisle. Thank you, this is like school. Isn't this fun? Everybody get one? Okay, raise it up in the air so I know everybody has one. Raise your hand. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, good. Look at that. So here's our summary of the scriptures, the story of God. And you can see, top left-hand side, Monday, tomorrow is June 29th. And the passage we're going to read is what? Genesis 1 through 3. And if you scan down through the six days of reading, we're taking a break just like God on the Sabbath. But if you scan down through the six days of reading, you see that there's readings in Genesis Genesis, 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 big book, important book. Exodus, then there's a chapter in Leviticus, a chapter in Numbers, a chapter in Deuteronomy. And then you see on July 5th, the sermon is on the Pentateuch or the Torah, which is the technical word for those first five books in the Bible. And we're gonna talk about what are in those books, where they came from, what time in history we're talking about, who are the characters in there, what was God thinking about putting those first five books in there and how they fit in the whole story of God, boom, first five, Pentateuch Torah, and then we're going to go into the next and you see the historical books and so on. So we'll be reading selections and then having a sermon from one of those passages and on that kind of era in history, because we want to get a big picture of the story of God. What is this Bible? What are these parts of it? And how do they fit in? Does that sound like something you want to do? Do you just want to be a part of that? Seriously, why would you say no right now? That'd be so rude. You'd be like, no, I'm out. So, uh, all right, how many of you guys right now already have said, oh, by the way, you are gonna be able to find this on the Friday email blast if you get it. There's a link so you can pull up a PDF and you'll see it right there on, our, uh, on the webpage, you can get that. Um, and so if you want it electronically, you can find it there. Also on our uh, Facebook page, You'll see daily reflections from a staff person and the passage that you're to read that day. So you can find that every morning. And then also on our website, on the banner on our website, you'll be able to click the sermon series summer in the scriptures and the reading plan will come up for you. So you'll get to find it every day no matter what happens and then you'll be able to read. How many of you, how, somebody right now is like, this is a great idea, and I'm doing it. How many people like, I want you to pray about it. How many, you're going to do it? You're, you're going to do it for sure? Come here, Joe. I want you to I introduce you to everybody. You're like, why do you do that? Why do people, why do you raise your hand? This is, okay, there's a microphone way over there, but I just, tell us your name, tell us your name. Joe Banvard. Joe Banvard. She's become a dear friend of mine, and she's a member of our church. And uh, Joe, have you ever read through the entire Bible before? No. Really? I'm so excited for you. Yeah, okay, well, you're not gonna read the entire thing. It's gonna be selections, but you have a sheet. You're gonna do it, and now here's what I wanna do. I also wanna give you, because you're probably an electronic Bible verse person as well, this is, this is my gift to you. This is what you put on your study desk. This is a chronological life application Bible. It has the funnest tools. Anybody have one of these deals? It has the funnest tools and charts and descriptions, and uh, we'll expect a full report in the morning from you. No, we're gonna, we're gonna be supportive of you with all the grace in the world as you do your reading plan Let's support Joe. She's going to be reading this week. Yeah, give her some love. Okay. All right. Okay, we'll have giveaways too. And the thing is, everybody gets to be honest. And everybody, whenever you say, Oh, I like this idea, sometimes we'll love on you and call you up front. That's just how it works around here. Welcome to the family. Okay. Um, who needs extra prayer because they want to do it but don't think they can succeed? Who needs that prayer? All right, Lord, have mercy on you guys. Let's do it. Here's the, here's the thing about the grace with this, is if you fall behind, some of you are such red-hot students that you'll try to go catch up, and then you'll be 18 chapters behind and you'll feel under the pile, and the shame and the guilt will overwhelm you. I'm releasing you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that when you get behind, just pick up right there that next day and move on. That's how God treats us anyway, right? Right? And then you can stay with us and we read in the same sections. All right. That is awesome. Glad we're going to do this together. Uh, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more here going forward. But uh, this is time for the kids to go downstairs. Bless you guys. If you're, uh, brought your, you haven't checked in your kid parents, you can go with them. They're going to go down that way, down to children's ministry. And uh, bye, guys. Wave at the kids. Love people. Love Jesus. That's one. I'm going to get my notes here. Any of you have a kid that came to VBS and is totally cranky and tired and done? And we just send him downstairs. Perfect. That's where we want him. Hey, we're going to do the sermon up front here and uh, have some time of response and some time to worship God at the end of it. So I hope that's good with you. Let's, um, let's put our hands out like this as we come to the Lord. God, this is our symbol of receptivity, that our hands are out and our palms are up Turn to Upward. It's worth believing, God, that you would show up as we come to your word this morning. That we wouldn't miss what you have for us. That you would pour out from heaven, God. I mean, it has to be your heart to communicate to your people. And so as we come and listen, hear your word, look at it, read it, reflect on it, that you would pour out from heaven what we need to hear from you. Don't let me miss what I need to hear, God a truth, a correction, some encouragement. We're coming because we want to hear from you. So speak, for your servants are listening. If that's your prayer, you can say amen. Well, this is the summer in the scriptures, and it's where the overall uh, sermon series we're calling The Story of God because we want to get a hold of what is in here and what is God trying to communicate to us. What is this story of God? Bottom line, this what this is. It's the story of God. It, it, it's, it's not just a story about God. It, it is the story that God is writing when i say story i mean non-fiction story friends i don't mean fiction don't make don't 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 hear me say something i'm not saying that this is a number of fictional accounts this is this is story in the sense of telling what is happening from start to the middle to the finish and this is the story of god and it's about him but it's also our story for he's writing about us So there is this meta-narrative, if you will. There's this epic story of the story of God and our story and how it fits in. If you hear nothing else from me as I introduce this concept of being in the Scriptures all summer, I want you to hear this, that this is about how our story is swept up into God's story. This is about how our story intersects with God's story, and like any story, there are five elements to it. And I'm going to go through it. This is, um, this is um, Creative Writing 101. This is English 101 that you took in college. And uh, where you know that there are components of a story. And I want to introduce to you this story of God and how our story intersects with it by talking about these five elements of story. And the first one is, of course, that there are characters in a story. And here are the two main characters in the story of God. Ready? It's God and you. It's God and people. It's God and us. Those are the two main characters in the story of God. God in three persons, of course. So There's Father and Son and Holy Spirit, all of whom have a ministry and, uh, and are described in the scriptures. But it is one God who has manifested himself in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but that only counts as one character, and us. Now, there's a whole bunch of other characters in this story. There's a whole bunch of other people in the story. There's a whole bunch of other, there's, there's demons and there's angels and there's other stuff. But man, the main story, friends, is about God in three persons and us. Genesis 1.1 is the very beginning. It's the first verse and it sets the tone for the story of God. And it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God started it all. I had a long conversation with, I was at a high school camp this this last week. In fact, Beth saw me this morning. She's like, hey, didn't miss you this week. There were kids running all over the place. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I totally was taking a rest. I was with 200 high school kids for six days. But I was having conversations with kids a lot because, you know, they're honest enough to say to you, it's hard for me to believe in this God thing because I can't see him but to talk about that one uncaused cause when you go all the way back from what we know to realize then where did everything come from there is a god at the beginning of the story that's beyond our ability to conceive of it but it is the start of all things and this is that god who ended up manifesting himself in three persons father son and holy spirit who made everything. He made the heavens and the earth. And his crowning achievement was he made us. And that's why we're this other character in this story. He made us. And it wasn't a little bit of an afterthought, friends. It wasn't sort of like, a well, it's about God. And then he made a whole bunch of stuff. And oh, by the way, humans are one of the things. Like humans are just one of his creation that are, happen to be better than the others at using tools. Like, you know, it's like the monkey with the stick getting the ant out of the anthill. You know, it's a little more than that. You're more than just sort of monkey on steroids. We're his crowning achievement. That first chapter in Genesis says toward the end of the chapter, then God said as he was creating the world, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. The psalmist goes on to talk about this crowning achievement uh, of God's creation. And Psalm 8 says this, What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with honor and glory. With glory and honor. Wow. We are the crowning achievement of God's creation. The two characters, God and us. Not the two mistakes that we can make, which is that, His story um, is what happens, and we don't really matter much. We're these, these slugs that crawl upon the ground, but it's all about God. That's not true. God and us are in this story. We also can't make the other mistake, which is, man, life's about us, and then we got the big guy upstairs and the man upstairs. There's some sort of a distance where it doesn't really, you know, it's just us. And if there's a God, okay, but I don't know how it really works in real life. That's not true. The story of God is about God. And his crowning achievement, created with crowned with glory and honor in his image. That's us. Our story is swept up into God's story. Characters, first part of a story. Second, setting. This is where the action takes place. This is where the characters live out the story. What's the setting? Where does the action take place? Two words, here and now. Here and now. That might be foreign to you if you think uh, about God's story um, uh, thinking it's sort of heavenly or ethereal or spiritual but there's a here and now about God's word here on earth not some story about angels in heaven although those are there this is a story about God connecting with people's stories the Bible's a story of God connecting with people in their place and in their time I mean Doesn't that make sense to you when you start reading your Bible? There is so much stuff in here. That's what makes sense when you go, who's Edom and Babylon and Israel and Judah and Ephraim? And like, friends, those are people at their time connecting with God. It is God revealing himself and creating a people for himself. We'll talk more about this in a little bit. But God has consistently met people in their time. They're here. They're now. And that's us as well, our here and our now. Acts 17, love this verse. I think I just used this verse a few weeks ago in a sermon. Acts 17, 26 and 27 talks about this. It says this. From one man he made all the nations. He made all people that they should inhabit the whole earth. And look at this. He marked out their appointed times in history and the exact places that they should live. And he did this. So that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and perhaps find him, though he's not far away from any one of us. God has set the world going and put people in their here and their now for the purpose of showing himself to them and finding them and him, them finding him. It's a here and now place, guys. And it's our here and now. This story of God is not about just the stuff that happened 3,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago. This story is about now, and here, and how God shows up. Can you picture your here and now, and that as part of God's story, he wants to show up, engage with you, be with you, lead you. That's your here and now. That's God's story. Our story is swept up into God's story. Setting is always about here and now, and that has to include our here and now. The third component to the story is the plot, of course. This is the actual storyline. And the storyline of this, of God's story, is summed up in a super famous verse. Here it is. All the guys at the football games know it. It's John 3.16. This is the plot of this. For God so loved the world, That he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. This is the plot of this whole story, you guys. Look at the verse again. Keep that verse in front of you. The one true God, the one God for God, that God loved. That's the story. That's the plot. This is a God who loves And then he created a people to love and to relate to and to belong to him. You know the term God's chosen people? That's just not for the Israelites. God's chosen people is he wanted all people to belong to him. So God so loved the world. This is the plot. That he had to make sure that these people had a way to be in relationship with him. But because he loved them and because he wanted a relationship with them, these people, of course, had to have free will in order to love him back. And because they have free will, that's me and you, everybody has betrayed his love and his will to some degree or another and are perishing. Here's a God who loves and created people to be in relationship with them, but he gave them free will. And so everybody, to some degree or another, has betrayed that and has been in his perishing is reckon their lives to some degree or another. So knowing this, he had to have forgiveness and atonement built into his story, which he did through the Son, Jesus. And so out of his love, God then woos everybody to believe so that everyone who believes, he leads us to believe so that when we believe, we might be able to walk with him, be restored to him, be forgiven in him, and live with him forever eternal life that's the whole plot john three sixteen. that's the plot of this story that is his story but you can see how his story is about us and our relationship with him and our story is wrapped up into his epic story. If anybody thinks that God is just out there doing His thing and that it, that, that His existence in His creation, if it's real, is sort of irrelevant to our experience, has missed the plot of the story. A God who loves us created us to be in relationship, provided that opportunity, and woos us to belief so that He can give us life. That's the plot of the story. Our story swept up in a God story. The fourth part about a, uh, a story is that there's conflict. And uh, this is built into that plot that I just shared a little bit, so I'll be brief about it. But every plot has a conflict, and you see it in, in the plot uh, that I just described. Every story has a conflict. But it's summed up in this verse, in Romans 3.23. It says this, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Fallen short of the glory of God. Fallen short of that reflected glory that they were created to have everybody's fallen short of the them that God created them to be. Does that not resonate with you? Isn't that not true? We have this image of God where his crowning achievement of creation, crowned with glory and honor, created in his image, hearts that were made to know him and experience him and live for him and live in harmony with him. This is what God created us to be, and everybody has fallen short of living out that glory. That's the conflict. So there's this problem. There's this separation. Romans goes on to say a few chapters later that the cost of this sin is death, spiritual death, meaning separation from God. Everybody's fallen short, and the cost or the wages of that sin then is death, and so we're separated from God. So the human condition, this predicament, this conflict is one of these flawed and broken and lost and. Self-centered and pleasure-seeking and often rebellious people, sin, that's sin. These sinful people looking for a solution somehow in life, grasping for what they know somewhere deep down inside life could be or should be. That's our predicament. That's what people are about. Listen, I don't look at the world in all its lostness and all its brokenness and go, what losers, what rebellious sinners. Ah, blah, they are fire and brimstone. Like, no, you know, everybody in the world is looking for love in all the wrong places. But God has put eternity in their hearts, the scripture says. And he's seeking them and wooing them. And he's made them to be crowned with glory and honor. And everybody in their own way, as lost and selfish as they can be sometimes, is actually searching for life. And God has offered it. So our heart and our compassion for everybody in the world that is seeking is right in line with the story. But that's the conflict everybody is being separated from god and the scriptures teach then that with this free will with our flesh with a collective pull of a lost and broken culture with an enemy named satan that's a whole other story those things conspire to make that search a difficult one does that not explain some stuff about how the world works and about how you have operated that there's a brokenness and a lostness in our search for life that's the conflict Prodigal sons and daughters, every one of us. Our story, our lostness is swept up into God's story. But the final part of a story, of course, is resolution. And that's the good news in this plot that we talked about already. That while we've all sinned and fallen short, God has made a way. Come on now, church, if you were, God has made a way. As the president, I'd sing amazing grace. Have you seen, did you see that? I mean, I don't care how cynical you are, and I hope you're not cynical at all. There's a longing in every heart for life. There's a longing for eternity. There's a longing to live the glory and honor that we were created to live. Anyway, and there's a solution. God has made a way. Ephesians 2, look at these great, Verses, But because of his great love for us, God, who is what? Rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. There's the resolution to the conflict. The conflict is sin has caused separation from God. The resolution is he has made us alive with Christ. It is by grace you have been saved. I love that word. Is it too old-fashioned to me to love that word? Come on we've been saved we've been rescued from the situation where we could not know god could not live the life that we were created to live because of our sin and jesus has come and made a way and god raised us up with christ and has seated us in the heavenly realms with jesus with christ jesus we're already in heaven so to speak With Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he's going to unfold all that he's going to show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ verse 8 for it is by grace you've been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves it is the gift of God not by works, so that no one can boast there's a resolution God has made a way this is the part of the story that is called good news those who say yes then to this gift of Jesus offering of forgiveness this atonement Those who say yes to this gift, this is what we have. We have forgiveness of our sin. All of the brokenness and all of the lostness and all of the rebellion is totally forgiven unconditionally by God as if it didn't exist. That's good news. And so none of it keeps us from a relationship with God. We're given forgiveness. We're given the gift of the Holy Spirit to live in us and to walk with us and to lead us we're born again. The Spirit comes in, and there is spiritual life now in us. We were spiritually dead in our sin. Now we're spiritually alive because God's Spirit lives in us. Forgiveness, Holy Spirit, and we're given this day-to-day to walk with God. There's no longer any separation. He says, he says that, that uh, he will be our God, and we will be his people That's the gift. That's the resolution. All of this separation, Jesus came and made a way. There's no way in reading that, friends, seeing that, not to see that our story is swept up into this bigger story. That's the story of God. It's the story of God. The characters and the setting and the plot and the conflict and the resolution, that's the story of God. And it's God's story, but in every single place, our story swept up into it. And so it requires an engagement with us, uh, for us, with this story. It's so safe for us to think that's a a spiritual story, That's that's in a book somewhere, that's part of history somehow, that's sort of part of the heavenlies somewhere, and at the very most, it's part of something that happens in church on a Sunday morning, but then there's my life, your life, friends. Is in the story. You with me on that? You get this? So as we read through the story of God, it is also your story and how our stories meet God's story. You are in this. And so we ask all the way through: where's God in this for me? Where am I in this story? How do I react given the story of God? And what is God saying to me right now? That's how you read the scriptures. That's how you interact with the story of God, because our story swept up. Now as a takeaway, as a way to frame this story that we're going to immerse ourselves in this summer, let me point out a couple, pastorally, let me come point out a couple of thematic elements to this story. Here's a couple of thematic elements to this story. One, it is all about him. Wait, you just said it was all about us too, but it's all about him. It's all about him. It is about us being swept into his story, not him being swept into our story. It's about our story being defined by what's true about him, not him being shaped by what we want him to be like because of how we want to live. It's all about him. And so we seek to daily, intentionally, thoughtfully, and fearfully worship one true God who was and who is and who is to come. This story, friend, friends, put us in a place while he may, Jesus may be our friend of sinners and he may be an intimate Abba, Father. Some other words you may have seen in the scriptures. He is a holy God and it is his story and we intentionally submit our lives to him in worship and adoration and humility. It is about him. And so when we read his story, one of the things we get a hold of is My, this world is about him because this story is about him, but my life is about him. So my today is about him. Everything I have for everything you are, God, that's a daily reaction to this story. It's about him second thematic element that is in here. And by the way, you can't read this without seeing that it is, it is all about him. It starts with how he created in power, he created everything that there was, and it ends with that one day he will make all things right and he will come. I mean, it is starts and ends with him. Second thing, he will never let you go. <clears throat> he will never let you go. That's in this story. That's a thematic element in there. He is going to pursue you and everyone else. That's what he does. He comes after you with this father heart because he knows who you were made to be and it was his longing to be in relationship with you and he will never let you go. And so many of us have in our stories this idea that we walked away from God and we spent a lot of years ignoring God, not living with him, hiding from him. You you can't hide from him. You know, he, he can't, let you hide from him. He pursues you. Does anybody, does anybody have a testimony in the church today where God has pursued you and been relentless? Come on now. Yeah? Will not let you go. That's in this story. And it's out of love and passion to see you restored to who you were created to be. He will never let you go. He will never forsake you. He will be present. He is with you. He sees you. And so your cry is, God, remember today that you have not forgotten me. And you have not turned away from me. Right now, this season of life, this thing I'm going through, he has not forgotten you. He sees you. It's all the way through this. And the third thematic element that's all the way through this is it's all going to be okay. It's gonna be okay. He is mighty to save, the scriptures say. His arms are not too short to rescue his servants. It is going to be okay because of his great love for you, God, because of his great mercy for you, because of his grace and his forgiveness over you, because of his glorious power, no matter what we face, no matter what season we're in, one day, sooner or later, we're going to be able to sing with the believers throughout the centuries, it is well. It is well with my soul, my God has showed up and met me in the place of greatest need. It will be okay. And I say one day, and I say sooner or later, because some of you are going to experience miracles from this God who is writing this, your story and sweeping it into his story of being a victorious, mighty to save God. Some of you will see unbelievable miracles today and tomorrow and this week, and God will show up for you. I see him. I see him in the prayer requests and the offerings that you drop in the offering plate sometimes. I see that. God shows up daily for us. And for some of us, it takes seasons and even generations. One day, all things will be made right. And some of us have to wait even for that time. But in anticipation of that, in faith of that living to what we know to be true in the story we still say right now in the midst of it knowing it's coming it is well he can save that's the story of God friends and yet it's our story our story is swept into the story of God thanks to be a rich time